friends, welcome to another edition of Forum 2000 Online Chats. My name is Martin L. I'm from Czech Economy Daily Hospodářské noviny. Our guest today is Vladimir Rovitsky, a Russian scholar, expert on international relations from 2007 based in SSA University in Cali, Colombia. Welcome to our chat, Vladimir. Thank you very much for this invitation. It's a pleasure for me. Vladimir is an expert on Russian relations to Asia and Latin America. Currently, there is a huge debate about the Russian relations to China, which would go through profound change, expectedly, uh, with the consequences of the war in Ukraine. So let's start with this topic. I have an easy question at the beginning. Uh, will Russia become the, uh, become weaker partner of China as a result of Ukraine war? I think it depends on China, actually, uh, because China is uh, the key uh, actor in uh, the developments that are taken today in Europe. Uh, but China at this moment is in a sort of a position of standby because China doesn't want to rush and make any mistakes that may uh, place into question China's relations with the West still. For Russia, however, I think the relations with China inevitably will become the most important ones because what Russia is doing now is cutting all the relations with the West. The West is responding in a similar way simply because there is no other tool uh, available for the West to pressure uh, Russia uh, of Vladimir Putin to stop what they're doing in Ukraine. So I think it's inevitable that we will be uh, seeing we will be seeing um, the most important changes in uh, Russia's China's relation uh, perhaps uh, since uh, the end of the Cold War. Uh, I do believe that Russia will become much more closer to China uh, simply because uh, there are only a few other options left. But once again, it depends on China. China will be. Uh, the actor that will be defining the rule of the games, the rules of coexistence between China and Russia, not Russia. Is it possible to say now how Chinese leadership would uh, exploit current Russian position in terms of you know better deals on gas or something like that? Of course, uh, we have already seen some of the new contracts that have uh, been signed between China and Russia, uh, gas supply to China. And what we know about those contracts, China was able actually to put some of the conditions that are not very convenient for Russians. For example, as far as we know, the prices for gas are much lower in the case of uh, Russia-China uh, connection that, for example, in Europe or other markets that Russia supply gas. So uh, we uh, see that uh, China is taking advantage, uh, logically, of uh, the weaker position that Russia has nowadays. And uh, I, I think, yes, in the future, uh, we will see more energy Uh, deals between China and Russia. Uh, China has also money to invest in some of the new um, uh, fields uh, in Siberia that Russia is uh, desperate to have someone who will invest the money because some of the established uh, gas fields or oil fields are close to end of their uh, lifeline. Uh, so they need someone to invest in the new Uh, infrastructure in Siberia because there are no routes still. Uh, they have to be built. And China perhaps is the only one major plan who is capable to uh, carry out with those financing. There is also a question uh, looming over the horizon about the military cooperation between Russia and China. Do you see uh, any, any possibility there or is it, uh, China will step back in this specific field? This is an excellent question. It's a very interesting one because I think there is a stereotypes at least uh, among some of the experts, uh, even experts uh, on the international arena, when they talk about cooperation between China and Russia, because they see it's like a natural alliance 
that Russia and China are building against the United States. But we have to remember that Russia actually is kind of afraid about what China can do in the near future because they have a huge frontier. Uh, Russia does not have a significant part of its population in Asia. Most of the Russians live in the European part of Russia. So uh, there has been a lot of pressure, uh, both from uh, that part of population, Russians living uh, next to the border with China, uh, who are afraid of this growing uh, importance of China and growing uh, weight of China in the the interactions on the frontier. And they are witnessing firsthand those interactions. But also from from Russian perspective, China uh, is uh, using Russian technologies, uh, stealing Russian technologies to improve their own arms. So uh, Russia has like double uh, considerations to take into account. On the one hand, they believe it's convenient for them to have this kind of cooperation with China. Once again, China is the uh, customer that have money, uh, a customer who uh, does not uh, watch uh, uh, a lot of uh, to the West, to the United States, even though China also has to be careful about that. But they're also afraid that China may become in the future more powerful in military terms than Russia. And then Russia, of course, will be have a very good position. So uh, there is a kind of, uh, they, they try to sit uh, on the two chairs at the same time. On the one hand, to uh, expand their cooperation with China, including military cooperation. But uh, the other chair is, of course, uh, is uh, their consideration, uh, their fear that China may overcome uh, Russia in terms of military power. And uh, combined with economic power of China, it's something that Russia doesn't want to see in the future. Uh, kind of ironical question, will, uh, Russia, uh, will China uh, buy uh, Russian weapons after what we are seeing in Ukraine is happening to them? Well, I think for, for China, it's, it's not a problem at all. Uh, also, I, I do understand from what I see from some of the sources I have, the Chinese are watching very carefully uh, the actual the performance of the Russian weaponry uh, on the Ukrainian theater. We do see that uh, Russians are trying to use uh, and do use a new kind of weapons, hypersonic weapons. Uh, they use uh, artillery, some some new weaponry, some, some technology. So Chinese are very interested in see the performance, the real performance uh, of that weapons in a real war. Uh, so I think they would, would not hesitate at all to buy the weapons simply because of, of the conflict in Ukraine. They don't have any uh, ethical, I would say, limitation in that sense. Uh, they, 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 if, if the weapons show in a good performance, they definitely will look after that. I, I mean, mostly the performance, which doesn't look you know, as expected in, in some cases. Yes and no. I, I, I uh, com, uh, with, with all the respect, I think uh, uh, Russians, of course, failed in their strategy. Uh, the conventional uh, warfare uh, seems to be not uh, the best uh, in the hands of the Russians. But uh, the, the weapons, I think the use of the weapons is something different uh, because we've seen some success in that terms in, in the use of the weapons uh, by, by the Russians. I think uh, all uh, major military powers are watching very careful on that. There have been a lot of failures. I think the, the, the old war is fable for, it's a failure for Russia. I mean, uh, there is no doubt in that. Uh, it's obvious that they failed in, in strategy. But the use of the weapons uh, at some aspects have been quite uh, interesting at, from the point of uh, military experts. Uh, the other question of uh, Russian-China cooperation is uh, the sanctions uh, which are imposed on, on Russia 
that China might help to circumvent and, and help Russian economy. Do you think that the China will be willing to risk a kind of a at least trade uh, war with, with West because of Russian sanctions? It is a complex question and it is a complex answer uh, because Russia, China, of course, uh, has a great deal of interdependency with the United States. The United States, by far, the most important market for China, uh, the world economic architecture is still in the hands of the United States. We have to recognize this. And Chinese are not stupid. They, they understand this. On the other hand, Chinese, the Chinese economy is also huge. So there are many sectors of the economy where Chinese can help Russians to overcome the uh, uh, pressure of the West sanctions without being hit back by the sanction of the United States. Uh, gas, as we mentioned, and gas is one of those uh, sectors, but also consumer goods, also some kind of trade. Uh, Russia, by the way, from what I know, uh, at least some of the businessmen in Russia, in the Asian part of uh, Russia, is now using, for example, Mongolia as, as, a, as a kind of a gateway uh, towards uh, the West and uh, towards uh, China. So there will be a lot of uh, new schemes uh, that Russia will be using very skillfully in order to overcome the, the Western pressure. The question still remains, to what extent China will be able to uh, open that gateway and willing to do this? Once again, important market for China in the United States. China is very well aware of the control that the United States still have uh, over the world economic system. So they, they, if they would have to choose between the United States and Russia, they will definitely stay with the United States. But, but again, uh, they're interested in Russia and they will be uh, perhaps uh, in limiting uh, access, will be provide limiting access to, to Russia toward uh, the, actually the, the entire world through the China. Uh, basically, the question, next question is about a big uh, topic, democracies versus autocracies. The, China and Russia have signed a kind of a memorandum or agreement uh, at the beginning of the Olympic Games uh, and in February, stating, uh, or it was interpreted as, it, as a kind of a new alliance of uh, two big powers against the Western democracies. Do you think that this still is valid uh, with, uh, with the perspective of what's happening Uh, in, in Russia and how the Russia is uh, uh, how the Russian power is limited uh, because of the sanctions and its its, its behavior in the last uh, couple of weeks. So should, should we be afraid of uh, such a kind of alliance of, of autocracies? I share your concern about the uh, threats to democracy in the world. Unfortunately, we see uh, many people uh, started questioning democracy around the world, and this is something we have to do a lot about this, not to allow this to happen. And we see from that perspective, of course, the declaration that you mentioned and still valid, unfortunately, this is a kind of a statement against uh, the democratic uh, uh, world order, uh, against the liberal world order. I think there is a, that, that kind of compromise still uh, keep is valid in terms of uh, Chinese and uh, Russian narratives, uh, in terms of China's and Russia view of what is the appropriate way to handle the politics inside their own countries. I think there is no change in that. Uh, even more in Russia today, we see uh, that it's becoming uh, actually a dictatorship. 
uh, even not this uh, strong authoritarian regime that Putin uh, built uh, during all these years in the power. It's, it's basically a dictatorship. And China, of course, is, it's not much different. So I think we have a lot of solidarity between these two uh, authoritarian totalitarian regimes uh, that are interested in keeping this, the things this way. And of course, uh, China by no means will criticize uh, uh, Putin for doing things he does inside the country, neither Putin would criticize China. I think they, they have no issues in that. Uh, and this is the alliance, I, I would agree with you, we, we have to be, uh, we have to worry about that alliance because they uh, now not only keep that system inside the country, they try to show them as a reference model for many other countries. And I can see it clearly here in Latin America that many people are started uh, watching China as an alternative, as a model alternative to democracy. And this is very dangerous. This is exactly what I wanted to ask uh, at the end of our conversation. Uh, how this uh, uh, Europe, very very European war is reflected in, in Latin America, in, in, in Colombia or in, in, in Brazil, where Mr. Bolsonaro is considered to be part of this authoritarian tendency, how, how it's reflected in Venezuela as an as a ally of, of Russia? I think one of the advantages we still have, and I, I very much hope we'll still continue to have this in the Americas, most of the countries in the Americas have very strong democratic institutions. I think we have managed during the, the last perhaps 20, 30 years after the horrible times of the dictatorships here, but we do manage to have very strong democratic institution. Unfortunately, they failed in Venezuela. But because of the assault that was done by Chavez and Maduro on that institution, and and uh, but I still believe that Venezuela has a future which is linked to democracy. But in the case of uh, many other countries here in Latin America, I think the institution that we have uh, is a, is a kind of guarantee that we have that those kind of authoritarian regimes will not be able to take power here. And you mentioned uh, Brazil. Yes, we have uh, the, the the quality of democracy uh, kind of low in Brazil, but, but we'll have elections uh, this year and, and let's see what happens. Of course, the other option, perhaps not the best one, but but when, when we have this uh, the, the regime change, uh, that uh, that actually one of the engine behind uh, this protest that keep democracy alive. And we have seen this, uh, despite of the changes of the governments in Latin America, uh, they still stick to democratic uh, way of living and uh, democracy uh, to be the, the, the key of uh, the way how the politics is done here. So I, I'm very optimistic in Latin America in that sense. And then I hope that Venezuela also will be able to overcome the difficulties that they have now. This is actually uh, the responsibility of all international community to help Venezuela to do this. And do you think that the war in Ukraine means the end of Russian-Venezuelan friendship, to say so? I would not be rushing too much in that direction because there are so many different actors involved. And of course, uh, the future of Venezuela-Russian relations depends uh, uh, to a great degree of uh, the politics by the United States. Uh, I, I am aware that there are different, of course, uh, opinions uh, inside uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, political establishment uh, how to deal uh, how to deal with Venezuela, uh, but I think there is a chance. There is a chance, uh, precisely because of the Russian war in Ukraine, uh, that uh, it would be difficult to uh, sell uh, the idea of keeping uh, cooperation with uh, Russia alive, uh, as Maduro was trying to do before the conflict. Uh, he made a lot of uh, very 
important uh, announcements uh, saying that the cooperation with Russia will be growing. But it, uh, those statements were done before uh, the actual war started. I think nowadays it would be much more difficult for him to continue support Russia because of the rejection, of course, uh, in Latin America of what uh, Russia is doing in Ukraine. And, and yes, I, I think we have a chance for Venezuela now. Let's see if uh, the actors who are responsible for do the politics will take advantage of this and, and, and move uh, the Venezuelan scenario towards a uh, uh, return to democracy. Thank you, Vladimir. It was another Forum 2000 online chat, this time with Vladimir Rovinsky from SSC University in Cali, Colombia. Thank you very much and uh, stay with uh, us on this channel. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was a pleasure to talk to you.